Well, if you were with us last week, you saw that we're losing the next generation. Uh, That's what the series is all about. It's about the next generation. How do we stop losing them? How do we pass that faith on to the next generation? And I got to say, what gives me hope as well is I'm so encouraged by that bumper we just watched, seeing volunteers, parents who are concerned about the next generation and making sure that they know and follow Jesus. And that excites me. Uh, But the truth is, we saw the statistics Man, we're losing the next generation. And last week we talked about why. It's because they perceive the local church as irrelevant, inauthentic, and unloving. And that perception drives them away from faith. Uh, We talked about a lot of statistics. The research is clear that a significant percentage of young people who grow up in Christian homes and churches stop practicing their faith right after high school. They are monumentally more likely to leave the faith and deconvert than a non-religious child is to convert or find faith. And while that idea, those statistics, these trends should really raise concern among practicing Christian parents, studies show the opposite. Studies show that only about 58% of practicing Christian parents would say that they are very concerned about their child remaining true to the faith. And so last week, we kind of focused on a specific way that we can address that decline, a specific way that we can change the tide, so to speak, is we have to learn how to live out our faith, right? If they see the church as irrelevant, inauthentic, and unloving, then one of the the antidotes for that is to live out the faith we say we believe. Uh, If we really believe what we say we believe, then it's going to impact our lives. We've gotten to learn how to love God and love people in tangible ways. Uh, As a matter of fact, that was the first part of a blueprint that Paul lays out for his son in the faith, Timothy, on how Timothy can pass his faith on. And we found that in 1 Timothy chapter 4, uh, verses 11 through 16. And really in that section, we see, I think, three pieces to that blueprint of how we pass faith on. Last week, we looked at the first one, uh, living our faith out, right? And, and that idea we talked about last week, living our faith out, reminds me of a quote uh, attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. It's probably a quote you've heard before. Right? matter of fact, you probably uh, have seen it somewhere in a church. And the quote goes like this, Preach the gospel at all times. Use words if necessary. Sounds great. I absolutely hate it. (laughs) I mean, I really can't stand that quote for two reasons. First, because there's literally no historical or literary evidence that St. Francis of Assisi ever said that. We don't know who said that. It wasn't him. It was much later. But secondly, and, and more importantly, it's because while living out our faith in our words, our actions, our character is critical to reaching the next generation, it's ultimately going to fall short of leading the next generation to come to an authentic saving relationship with Jesus. Why is that? Because without actually teaching the truths and beliefs behind those actions and attitudes, what we're going to do at best is just create an empty moral example devoid of any real heart transformation in the lives of the next generation. Yes, it is critically important that we live out our faith, but it's not enough for us to just live it out and hope that they see it. 
The gospel message contains specific truth, specific doctrines, specific instructions that need to be clearly communicated to ensure understanding in the next generation. And that's why in that very same passage, 1 Timothy 4, 11 through 16, we see Paul not just tell Timothy to live out his faith, but he tells him you've got to talk about it as well. Let's jump right back in that passage. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. Paul writes this, Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone despise your youth, but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and impurity. Until I come, give your attention to public reading, exhortation, and teaching. Don't neglect the gift that is in you. It was given to you through prophecy with the laying on of hands by the council of elders. Practice these things. Be committed to them so that your progress may be evident to all. Pay close attention to your life and your teaching. Persevere in these things. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So we see it there, right? Specifically in in the very first verse, 11, command and teach these things. In the last verse, in verse 16, pay attention to your life and your teaching, right? These two things are important. Last week, we zeroed in on verse 12 and showed uh, how we live out our faith through our words, our actions, our love, our faith, our purity. This week, we're going to go to the next verse, verse 13, because I think that's where Paul lays out three ways we can not just live out our faith, but we can talk about our faith. Well, let's just look at that in verse 13. Uh, The first thing that he tells us to do, he says, um, public reading. Give yourself, is what he says in verse 13, give your attention to public reading reading. Now, that that phrase, public reading, refers specifically to the public reading of Scripture, right? That's no doubt consensus among scholars. That's what Paul's talking about, the public reading of Scripture. In, In Paul and Timothy's day, these Scriptures that they would read included the entirety of our Old Testament, and most likely it also referred to the rapidly growing collection of New Testament writings that were being recognized by the early church as inspired through the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, in one of Peter's letters, he says, look at the writings of Paul. They are inspired. Now, certainly, what Paul had in mind here with public reading, and we're going to see this in the next two words he uses as well, uh, but certainly what he had in mind was for Timothy to do these things inside of the gatherings of the Ephesian church that Paul had left Timothy to pastor. And he says the public reading, he means when you gather with the church, you should publicly read scripture. But it's also very easy to see how this applies to our homes as well, right? Uh, Simply, Reading scripture with your kids is important. It it really is. Uh, And I know when I say that, you know, it kind of brings up a lot of thoughts, ideas, pictures of what that looks like. But when I say reading scripture with your kids, it doesn't have to be anything that's like super formal. Don't think of it as a liturgy. Just think of it as a habit. Think of something that you just do with your kids. You read the Bible together. Uh, I'll tell you one of the ways that I do it. Uh, most days of the week, uh, I'm the one who takes both of my boys to school. And lately, we've been all going at the same time together. And when we get in the truck, I have my daily readings of Scripture that I do. And I use the Version app often. W- what I've started doing is just letting the guy in the app read the Bible to all of us. If you have the Version, if you have a plan, you pull up the Scripture. There's a play button at the bottom. You just press play, and it'll read the Scriptures to you. 
you. And, and that's been really good for us because as we have listened to the scripture together, it's created natural opportunities for me to explain, hey, this is what that's talking about, and for them to ask questions that lead to further conversation. So reading the scripture, it's super important as we talk about our faith with our kids. Uh, but then the second way that Paul instructs Timothy to talk about his faith is through the word he uses exhortation, right? Give your attention to public reading, exhortation, right? So what does exhortation mean? Maybe a better word for us to use there is simply the word preaching. Now, <laughs> that doesn't mean that you have to prepare a sermon before you talk to your kids about Jesus. That, that's not the point. The idea here with that word exhortation or preaching is that it is focused instruction on application that leads to action, right? You want to talk to your kids about how the Bible says we should live and then talk about ways that we actually do it, right? And this is where it's so important to tie back into last week because it's not just enough that they see us live out our faith. They need to know why we are doing this particular thing, why we are acting in that particular way, why we made that specific choice. That's what this preaching element that Paul talks about can do. It is instruction leading to application, ending in action. How do we live this out? And you got to talk about that. Third thing, he says, public reading, exhortation, and teaching. That's the final way that he says to talk about your faith. And here, Teaching is what it sounds like. It is teaching. Whereas uh, preaching, we would say, focuses more on the hands. This is what we do. Uh, the word teaching here focuses on the head. It is about learning. It is about instruction. It is about explanation. Um, and as we teach our kids, as we talk to our kids about the truths we believe, it's important to remember that what we're specifically talking about is teaching our kids who God is and what he desires from us, right? Uh, and maybe here is a good place for us to pause and talk about the goal of talking about our faith with our kids, right? So, so what's the point of that reading scripture with our kids? What's the point of that preaching and application with our kids? What's the point of the teaching these things to our kids? Here's the point, and you, you can't miss this. When we talk about our faith with kids, with the next generation, we have got to focus on heart transformation, not simply head information. Now, head information is a piece. They have to know these things so that they can live them out, right? But the point is not the information. The point is the transformation. Maybe I'll put it like this. As parents, as grandparents, as aunts, uncles, as influencers of the next generation, we are concerned with growing disciples, with growing followers of Jesus, not creating Bible trivia nerds. <laughs> that, that, I know that's, that's kind of funny, but it's true, right? We're not, we're not just trying to give them random facts that have little to no impact on their life. We want to see their heart transformed to know and love our Savior. And as we talk about faith with our kids, it's important 
that we keep that idea at the forefront of our minds or else we're just going to devolve down to simply sharing information that provides little spiritual value to them. I'm not saying it doesn't provide any. The knowing is important, but it's not ultimately important. The, the what you do with what you know is what's important. The how it changes your heart and shapes your affections. That what, that's what matters. And what I have seen experientially is that when kids know Bible trivia but have no real concept for understanding how it fits together and how it impacts their relationship with Jesus, when they move off to college, what they know is going to be undermined and ultimately disregarded because it has little value for them spiritually. So we have to talk with this about our kids. Read the scripture. Uh, focus on preaching. Focus on teaching. Help them have an experience and encounter a relationship with Jesus that leads to a transformation of their heart, not just information stuffing their heads. So if that's the, the point and it's necessary to pass it on to the next generation, well, how do we do that? Like, like practically, how... How do we talk about faith with our kids? If you're a parent, you've struggled with that. The good news is we're not left to wonder. Very early on in the life of God's people, God himself impressed on them the importance of talking about their faith with the next generation and what that looks like. And we find that very clearly in Deuteronomy chapter 6. If you got your Bible, go there. Deuteronomy chapter 6. And, and for the sake of time, uh, we're not going to read the entire chapter. We're going to read the first nine verses and, and really drill down on verse 7. But this chapter as a whole, all of chapter 6, paints a very full picture of what it looks like to talk about faith with your kids. Uh, for sake of time, let's just read the first nine verses. This is what we read. This is the command. The statutes and ordinances the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you so that you may follow them in the land you are about to enter and possess. Do this so that you may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life by keeping his statutes and commands I'm giving you, your son and your grandson, so that you may all have a long life. Listen, Israel, and be careful to follow them so that you may prosper and multiply greatly because the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you a land flowing with milk and honey. Listen, Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These words I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up, bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your city gates. So this... I mean, it's pretty straightforward. It is one of the most important passages in the Old Testament. To this day, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, the Shema is one of the core tenets of the Jewish religion. What's the point? It's straightforward. Israel was to love the Lord their God with all that they had. And because of that love, they were to talk about it to their kids so that they could pass it on to the next generation. Same's true for us today, right? We are to love the Lord our God with all that we have. Jesus himself reaffirmed that commandment in the New Testament. And because of that love, it is now our responsibility to talk to our kids about our faith so they grow up to love and follow our Savior as well. 
If you were to look at the whole chapter of Deuteronomy chapter 6, the Lord gives us really three specific things that we're supposed to talk about with our kids, things that are going to help them grow uh, to know the Lord and to love Him. And, and when you look at the chapter and read the whole chapter yourself, you'll see these things. Uh, but quickly, let me just highlight them. We're to talk about Scripture. What does God's Word say about what God desires from us and how we understand it? Paul mentioned that too, right? We talk about Scripture. Also, we talk about our struggles. We talk about our doubts, where we've had a hard time living these things out. Look, following Jesus isn't easy, and we're not perfect. And it's okay for our kids to see that. Talk about your struggles, uh, because when you talk about those struggles, it helps create a safe, uh, safe place uh, for your kids to struggle and for them to ask questions and express their own doubts. Uh, and then finally, not just the scriptures, not just your struggles, but talk about stories. How have you seen God work in your heart, and how have you seen God work in your life? And maybe I'll just pause to say this. If you don't think you have any stories to tell your kids about what God has done in your heart, what God has done in your life, that should be a major red flag for you. Because if you really do know Jesus as Savior, He has done something in your life. Uh, But my favorite part about this chapter and what we read is specifically verse 7. Because the Lord doesn't just lay out for us what we talk about with our kids, the scriptures, our struggles, our stories. He tells us when we talk about these things with our kids. And spoiler, it's not just at church, right? We talk about these things. We see this in verse 7. We talk about these things in the everyday flow of our life. I love the answer that Kelly gave uh, in the bumper we watched about, you know, she always struggled to figure out the right time to talk with her three-year-olds about faith. When is the right time? And she said it dawned on her, uh, the right time is always, always talk about our faith with our kids. Verse 7 says we talk about it in the house. We talk about it on the road. We talk about it when we sit down. We talk about it when we rise up all the time. And that, that idea is very similar to the emphasis that we see in the Great Commission found in Matthew 28, verse 19, where Jesus commands us to make disciples as we are going. Like in the everyday flow of normal life. That's when we talk about faith to our kids. Not just in the church pews. Not just in a formal family devotion time. Those things are great. But we talk about faith with our kids always, always. Um, actually, the, the kids and student curriculum that we use here at the Orchard uh, has a great way of helping us think through that. The way that they identify this is they say we should talk about faith with your kids at mealtime, at drive time, at bedtime, and at morning time. And I think that's a good way of kind of integrating this into your life. As you sit down as a meal for a family, talk about faith. When you're driving down the road, talk about faith. When you take them to bed at night, talk about faith. When you wake them up in the morning, talk about faith. Mealtime, drive time, bedtime, morning time. And I'm just going to throw this out to you. This is a phenomenal tool. If you will go on the App Store on your uh, phone, whether it's Android, iPhone, doesn't matter. Go on the App Store and look for the parent Q app, C-U-E, Parent Q app, you can download that app. If you go to the orchard, you put in your child's information, it'll find your child for you, and then that app will give you great ideas and conversation starters for what to talk about at mealtime, at drive time, at bedtime, and in the morning time. 
It's a great tool for you to use. I'd highly encourage you to check that out. Um, but as we close today, as we wind this down, uh, just really quickly, I want to leave with you some short practical ideas about how you can talk with your kids about your faith. And we won't have time to go into much of them. I just hope it kind of helps your brain get to churning. Uh, first tip I would give you is to create a safe environment. Um, foster an open atmosphere where your children feel comfortable discussing their thoughts, their doubts, their fears, their questions about faith. Um, look, they're going to have questions. They're going to have doubts. And as a parent, I want my boys to come to me with those questions, struggles, and doubts. Uh, secondly, intentionally use teachable everyday moments. Like, look for opportunities in daily life to relate these biblical principles to real-world situations. Talk about your acts of kindness, times of forgiveness, moments of love, how all of these things align with Jesus' teaching. Teach your kids to apply biblical values to their choices and their interactions with others. Just work it into life. Um, thirdly, model application and obedience. Demonstrate for your kids how you apply biblical principles in your own life. And you should be. Share stories of how God's word has influenced your decision, how it has determined your actions, how it's changed your interactions with people in your life. And what this does is show your faith or your kids that your faith is not just theoretical, but it really does have real life implications. Um, next, share your own stories. I know I said this before. It's worth saying again. Talk about your own experiences of faith with your child. Share with them how you came to know Jesus as Savior. Tell them how you have seen God work in your life. Be transparent about seasons where you've had doubts and struggles. Tell your faith story to your kids. One more. Create a safe space. Again, this is so important. Create a safe space. And here's what I want you to hear about this. I know I've already said it before. But the importance of the safe space is that doubts are natural. Doubts are not the enemy of faith. And when your kid comes to you to express those doubts and questions, um, it can help you understand that, hey, you're not doubting God. You just have a misconception about God. And that can help you kind of avoid those misconceptions and walk with them through it. You know, And as you do it all, be patient, right? Um, this is a journey you are taking with your child, it's not a class that they're going to finish and graduate from. So uh, think about those. If you got any questions, feel free to reach out. Love to talk more about specifically some of those with you. Uh, but as we close, let me just leave you with a little bit of encouragement, right? Especially around that idea of doubt, because I hit on it twice. Um, look, doubt is not the biggest obstacle to faith. Silence is. And here's what I mean by that. Like, your kids are going to have doubts. You have doubts. I have doubts. And that's not the thing that's going to keep them from faith. You not talking about faith is what's going to keep them from faith. Because not talking about our faith with our kids, it leads to those misconceptions that are easily debunked. It leads to compartmentalization that stunts their spiritual growth. It leads to isolation where they feel alone and unplugged from biblical community. Look, if our kids don't understand how our faith impacts every part of our life, then we're just going to teach them that it doesn't have to impact every part of their own life. It's not doubt <clears throat> that your kids are going to struggle with. 
It's silence. Just talk. Have the conversation. And maybe it's a good time to remember what Paul tells us in another book of the New Testament. That faith doesn't come by seeing. Faith comes by hearing. Romans 10 verse 17. Faith comes from what is heard. And what is heard comes through the message about Christ. So if we want to pass faith on to the next generation, we have got to talk about it. It comes through hearing. It comes through teaching. If we're not teaching our kids, someone else is. There is a battle going on for the next generation right now. Whoever wants them more is going to win it. Whoever teaches them best is going to pass it on. So let's do that. Let's not just live out our faith. Let's talk about it and pass it on to the next generation. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for the time this week to look to your word. God, I pray for every parent, every grandparent, aunt, uncle, every adult influence on the next generation. God, I pray that you would loosen our tongues and make us quick to speak about who you are and what you've done for us. Would we be quick to open the scriptures with the next generation, talk about faith so that we can pass it on to them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.